0: Hey there, I'm Alan Furstenberg. and I'm Mark Tucker and welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Hey. <laughs> oh my gosh, things are going fast and furious. No kidding.
1: Um, now, so um so so for those that don't know, we either record this on Thursdays or Fridays and I do some editing and we we release it the following week. What aired uh Previous was uh, part one of an episode I recorded with Noble Ackerson um, about programming and LangChain, and uh, part two was going to be airing this week. Um, but news came out from from OpenAI, and Mark and I really just wanted to to, to talk about it um, yeah. and and get it while it's hot. You know, it's it's so. Uh, It'll be less than a week old news by the time we actually get this uh, out into the world. Um, And that news was they've announced something they're calling ChatGPT plugins. You want to talk about what this is?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, just to recap ChatGPT, if you get the plus version, you can get it based off of GPT 4. Otherwise, it's based off of uh, version 3.5. It's a natural language. You know, think of it as a you know a text based interface to ask questions. Uh, but there are some limitations. Chat GPT, um, you know, the most recent version was was, was trained um, in 2021, so the information is a little bit old. If you you know wanted to know, ask a question about uh, something specific that happened at the Oscars or that's currently going on, and you know. March Madness or any of that stuff—you can't. It's, the information is not available to the right. to, and, to the language model yet.
1: And it's also, it it also hallucinates, so it'll just make up results sometimes. And yeah. and it's purely, uh, what's the way to put this? Um, it's purely conversation oriented, not action oriented.
0: Yes. You can, you can, well, you can have it generate stuff or you can have it answer questions, but you can't really have it do anything. Right. Right. It's, it's not connected to anything until plugins. Until
1: plugins. uh, So, so what do, what do plugins do? So from um, from a non-programmer perspective, what do plugins do?
0: Let's start with that. All right. So generally plugins um, allow you to extend something with some additional functionality. So A lot of times we think of as uh, plugins, wrap an API and then make that API available to some other system uh, to use. And uh, a lot of times there's some sort of specification as far as a plugin must, you know, be coded a certain way or with a certain library, or it needs to meet a certain specification. Or it it needs to be passed a particular JSON object and
1: return a specific JSON object. Yeah,
0: so there's some sort of a contract, some way so that system A uh, knows how to uh, connect with system B. So in some ways, you can think of a plugin as like an adapter, um, making something available to the system that wasn't available. Um, And what's really cool about plugins is usually over time, there's some sort of a plugin plugin, library or a marketplace or something where other people uh, publish plugins. And and so then you can take advantage of them. Or if you've got a specific purpose, one of those really cool ideas and the last thing that you need to do is that for to do such and such, but it doesn't exist, you can write your own plugin. So OpenAI's
1: plugin system basically looks like it is allowing you to... Expose your own APIs to ChatGPT so that users will be able to call your API using natural conversation and get a result back in natural conversation. And your API does not need to either understand or return natural text. All you're doing is Taking data and returning data.
0: Yes. So, you know, in the cases that I gave um, more recently, you could have a plugin that was about movie awards and it could have the information on the latest Oscars and you could ask questions about um, movies in general or a specific um, you know, director or specific actors and get information. And they could call the API to get all the information. They could get some of the information from the API, some of the information from uh, what ChatGPT knows or the sources that are already available for it. And it will put those together. Same thing with sports, same thing like uh, stock information. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's information where you can pull, pull things in. But as you alluded to, you could also then make things available to have it turn on your lights or to control things, right? Eventually. Right.
1: So, so so here's where here's where we actually get directly into where this fits into the subject of our podcast is it's really easy to see a voice assistant built on top of this that suddenly does everything that You know, Alexa and a skill does or Google Assistant and an action did or, and this is where I think its closest uh, neighbor is, is Bixby and what they used to call a capsule, but they recently renamed to a service.
0: Interesting.
1: So Bixby now has services. And the neat thing about Bixby services was you defined your API what function call you wanted it to be, and it would adapt. You know, you, you didn't specify what users had to say or, you know, how to get it. You just specified what information you provided, and Bixby would figure out how to make the right calls, assuming your service or capsule was enabled by that user, and we're seeing the same thing with an OpenAI plugin. in you know, it's going to be so that if a user has enabled your plugin, and it does need to be enabled, at least initially, right. and they make a request that Chat GPT thinks your plugin can handle,
0: it will make the API call. And that's fascinating. It is. And and once when we get when we drill down kind of to the next level, that discovery mechanism is is well, crazy simple.
1: Well, okay. So so there are two discovery. I mean let, let's let's Yeah, yeah. Discovery is a complicated thing. Let's not make it sound too simple there. You know, from a user perspective, they they've kind of been vague about what the discovery process is going to be like. But initially it looks like it's going to be uh a list of available plugins.
0: Yeah. So yeah, so you know, so so like some there is no store or marketplace or but place right there, does. yeah, necessarily to look up plugins. And they've always there to get access to even use the the existing kind of partnered or built-in plugins that are available. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, you have to get on a wait list, um, and you can you know you can say my interest is in using plugins, or my interest is in developing plugins. And uh, it seems like initially there's going to be developers sharing plugins with other developers on a limited basis to kind of try to get a feeling, test out the system. But then over time, they're talking about some sort of a certification or approval process for these plugins um, and be able to make them available on a, on a, on a wider scale. Yes. Uh, so, so that's kind of the finding plugins for you to use. What's interesting is, is that my chat GTP and yours could have different plugins enabled, uh, different sets of plugins enabled, or for like the same table reservation. I prefer open table, you prefer Google reservations or whatever it is, right? Um, For, I don't know if that even exists. No, the the
1: face is just, why am I always the Google person?
0: I know why I'm always the Google person. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Do you want to be open table? You can be open table. No, it's okay, it's okay. Or um, you know, there's just if I prefer Uber and you prefer um, Lyft, you right? Know, Lyft, then we could can do that. So some of those things, or like if if I'm more scientific um, approached, and that's what's important to me, I might have some plugins uh, turned on, um, like uh, Wolfram or some other ones might be helpful in that situation but somebody else might be really into books and so they might have plugins that are enabled that have to do with with books right mm-hmm. I, um, I the the interesting challenge is going to be
1: if we each have different plugins you know enabled well there there are a bunch of challenges here already the first is going to be there is no specific invocation so you can't say ask open table to make a reservation Yep. So if I have both Uber and Lyft installed and I say, I need a ride, it will pick which one to use. I don't pick it unless they have some disambiguation way later, Yeah, but they haven't specified that right now. Yeah. The second, and it's kind of related to that is they don't make any guarantees that you're going to get called at all.
0: That is true.
1: You know, even if you can provide information and a user does have you plugged in, they'll make the call. You know, Open, open AI, chat ChatGPT makes a call about whether you get the call. And there, you know, so it's, you know, if you thought SEO was bad, <laughs> this is just going to be a nightmare. So I, I think there are a lot of questions still out there. And in fact, mm-hmm. everything we're talking about tonight still is a lot of questions. Um, but that level of discovery is interesting and powerful. Then there's the other discovery, which I think is really interesting. And that's, as as developers, so we've kind of talked about the user experience already. As developers, um, kind of how we specify this for OpenAI. You know, uh, we register it. But after that registration, the API specification
0: is on the website, where the API is expected to be. So so there's four, I think there's like four main parts that we probably need to talk about. In order to describe your plugin, there needs to be a manifest file. And the manifest file needs to be at a very specific location, a specific path and and named a specific thing. And it identifies what the name of the the plugin is, um, images. Um, It points to an open API. Uh, specification, you know, Swagger before it get moved, you know, into more of a uh, actual specification and open API. Then the manifest points to the open API, which that's where you specify what endpoints are available to um, ChatGPT. Um, so that's like the second part. So we've got a manifest. We have a specification of what. The services, and you, you can have lots of endpoints, but only surface a few of them in this um, this open API um, file, but you can say I've got an endpoint that is going to get me team names, I've got one that's going to get me scores, I'm going to get one that's going to get me stats, um, and those might have varying parameters. It might be a get, it might be a post, all that stuff specified in open API, so those are kind of like the two main starter files.
1: Okay, hang right? on. Hang on. No, no, no. You confuse me because it is reading through the documentation. That oh that is open API.
0: It is okay. open API. I, I read it once as open AI and I'm like, no, it's a open API. I read it so, every
1: time as open AI. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so open AI has the manifest file and that's what open AI is going to need to surface your plugin as a plugin. Then there's the open API um Schema that's going to show you what the uh, what what the API looks like or what you want to surface, and it's actually the descriptions of the um, API and the endpoints and the parameters that ChatGPT is going to use at the time that it's looking up candidate uh, plugins to call. It's going to use those descriptions to determine, like, oh, I might find the answer here. And then it's going to use the description of the um, open API schema to know, oh, I need to make a call to this endpoint with a Git passing these parameters. And it's going to actually execute the API for you behind the scenes and get results back. And then it's going to figure out how it's going to weave those results in. Is the the result coming back going to be just surface as a list of links? Is it going to be woven into paragraph form with other information from some someplace else? That's all chat GTP. That's all that you know. So so really you are what 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 it kind
1: of specifies is um here are the parameters that are sent in an HTTP request, either a get or in a post with a JSON body or something. And here is what the uh the, the, the response is going to look like, and that's kind of expected to be a JSON object. It's not expected to be plain text in most cases, or certainly it's not expected to be text that will just be repeated to the user.
0: Yes. And something that's also what it seems like, at least in what I've read is that it doesn't seem like you have to make a special API no. to be consumed by chat gpt it's just like take the, yeah, the take the apis that you have as you know as they are and surface them and and they'll be used now there might come out in you know in kind of in the future maybe a best practice or like oh it does really a lot better if it's got these types of apis uh, i'm i'm assuming if it's got a really convoluted you know nested json object that might be really you know, it might be harder to consume. Maybe not. I don't know. It, yeah. It's uh, so okay. So, so
1: those are the two files. Were there any other files that needed to be
0: specified? So, those are really the only two, you know, files from a like a specification side of things. There's obviously the file or files that's going to be your API, right? In a simple form, it might be a single, you know, right. Python. So- you know, file that's that's going to serve up your your actual API and you know have your endpoints and but that could be in any language and hosted anywhere.
1: Right. So so well so as so as a coder, we then need to um, make URLs available that will take stuff and return stuff. And yep. presumably, behind the scenes, that's actually code. Doesn't have to be. Yeah. I mean, you know, you you can return static stuff, but that's kind of stupid. <laughs> um, but it's doable and there are, there are legitimate reasons why you might want to actually. Yep. Um, so, so let's kind of quickly think about the, the plugin manifest and that's, that's the initial file that it's going to fetch periodically. It doesn't do it every time, but periodically it will fetch this to kind of get the metadata about your plugin from an, an, open a from a chat gpt point of view this is the information that it needs so it's going to be um a human readable name so what what does the human see um
0: in the a, in the store right in the right. store or the marketplace right
1: a model name so how you refer to it when you're talking to the model when you're referring when When ChatGPT itself internally is working with it, what name does it use for it? And this comes in relevant soon, I think. Um, Similarly, there are two descriptions. One is a description for the human, i.e. what what a person will see when they're looking at the the marketplace, I guess. Yeah. The other is the description for the model. And this is fascinating to me
0: because really, this is, um, that's your service discovery language right there.
1: It's, it's, you know, your are prompt describing to chat GPT, what it is that you do. So it knows
0: whether it should call you or not. So it's presumably behind the scenes, chat GPT is keeping a list of all of your enabled plugins and what they do. And as part of that, it's going to determine like, oh, I think I'm going to be able to use this plugin to make this, get this information and it will go do it.
1: Well, kind of, if you, I'm, I'm thinking that what happens is, and I think they said somewhere in there that this gets prepent, you know, this gets put in with the prompt is, um, you know, we know, for example, that ChatGPT has internal prompts of its own. Some of which mm-hmm. are making sure that, you know, you don't ask, Uh, about topics you're not allowed to ask about. Yeah. Putting guardrails in. Putting the guardrails, putting in uh, other immediate context in a multi-stage conversation. This also includes what you've said already. What I think is that we're going to see the
0: descriptions for all of the plugins that you have will also get stuck in that prompt. And it's saying that it's going to do that silently behind the scenes. So the user doesn't see that. Um, So it's not going to necessarily surface... In the chat conversation that you're having, but it does count against your context, which I'm assuming is all the text with the prompt and previous prompt stuff that it needs to to keep right. going. So it's going to be included in that context, but uh, not necessarily in the conversation window.
1: So, so I, you know, so that's it's in, that's an interesting aspect about how they're doing. It. It's kind of what I thought they would have to do. Yeah. Is they're basically you're, you're going to need to do prompt engineering and. Keep in mind that you're going to be stuffed in there along with a bunch of other prompts, which you don't have control over. So there's there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot going on to see how it works and how it conflicts or doesn't conflict.
0: Yeah, and 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 they're also saying that they're they're wanting to keep it to like a 200 character limit for those descriptions and a 200 character limit for like the descriptions of the parameters for your different endpoints and and things like that. So. I think it's going to take all that into consideration kind of in this 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 directory of enabled plugins that's part of the context to to you know augment the base out of the box chat GDP with the plugins that you care about
1: right so actually currently they're saying there's an 8000 character limit for description for model but that this okay. but that this will decrease over time
0: interesting
1: they want it to be smaller which makes sense because large ones make the whole thing slower um especially if you've got a bunch of plugins that's there are going to be problems there um and then separately there's going to be a limit on the response size which is uh 100k which honestly right now i think will be fine but they also want that to be smaller over time as well i mean 100k is pretty big you know what? What's I, I think currently both Google and Alexa have smaller limits on their response bodies, and they've got a lot of other garbage in there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey Phil. Uh,
1: anyway, <laughs> um, so so those are the descriptions, and I think I think those are really fascinating.
0: Yeah. Um, so like like you know because like I don't know about you came came from a world a while ago where it was Microsoft and XML and there was web service discovery language where you had to try to figure out where kind of this directory of services that are out there and you could you know, at runtime find these services. So comparatively, this is really easy. Just give us some good descriptions and, you know, we yeah. will find your plugin. But that also seems a lot less deterministic, right? Is it right. is it going to grab the plugin? Will somebody who does not mean similar craft a better prompt so that theirs is somehow picked above mine? I I don't know. I don't know, and
1: uh, you know they claim this is an experiment, so we'll see how this actually works out. Um, but for an experiment, it's gotten a lot of hype. Um, uh, okay. Yeah.
0: So true. Sorry, I'm I'm ex- yeah. I'm really excited about it. <laughs>
1: You know, we'll get how I feel about this later. Um, so in addition, <laughs> uh, some other fairly standard stuff, uh, a logo URL for your logo, mm-hmm. a contact email so that their safety and moderation team can reach out to you if necessary. Um, a URL that they call the legal info URL, which you know I am assuming is privacy service, notice yeah, and yeah. you know so that's something that will be user visible. And then they've got a couple of auth indicators and some other stuff. So which which I'm still trying to decipher. So so first they have a section called eight or an object in it called API, which mm-hmm. they just say is the API specification.
0: Which and, is really going to be the path to the file, which is the open API specification.
1: Right. Their, their example says. The type open API gives a URL, um, and is user authenticated, and it's not clear to me what that's supposed to mean.
0: It, 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 is it a public interface? Is your API public, or does it require some sort of uh, OAuth authentication? And that could be, you know, client ID secret. It could be API key. Uh, are some of the things that they've 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 said. Um, right. But
1: there's there's. I mean, I guess what's confusing to me about this is there's other parameters that are supposed to be specifying this or that that show this and that's where i started getting confused
0: yeah i'm wondering if like if user authentication is false then it if it doesn't even need the auth section at all or that you know or, or does it, it you know it says auth types type none uh but maybe that's just you know kind of a quick way to, for it to know that if it needs to do authentication or not and then if it does need authentication um then, uh, then you specify more in the, in the off section is kind of what I was thinking, but okay. uh,
1: see, th- this is one of the elements of it that I think are a little vague yeah. still that I'm, I, that I want, yeah. you know, cause I, somewhere else they do say you don't, you know, you don't need to have all of your APIs require authentication. You can have one that's public and one that's not. So I'm, I'm still trying to figure this out anyway. But yep. that gets to the other part is the authentication schema, which I thought was really interesting. They give four options for how to do this. Or Yeah. And and the first is none.
0: No if authentication. This, yep. No
1: authentication at all. If this is truly public, then
0: you don't care. Yep.
1: Um, the second is...
0: Uh, service level? Is that okay. what you're looking for?
1: Yes, but service level. And this basically says you have a, a shared secret between you and OpenAI. And they will send you this shared secret. Okay. You know, they're, that's pretty common. It basically is a simple way to make sure that people aren't spamming your API.
0: Yeah. Bare bones.
1: Yeah, yeah bare bones. But, but. Very useful. The third is what they call user level and they're clear that up. basic N- now it's, it's even more bizarre than that. It's, this is the sort of, you know, you'll, you'll see this sort of thing where your website might say, um, paste this token into your browser. You used to see this a lot. Um, It's useful for hardware devices, for example, where you've got minimal capabilities of of doing authentication. So they'll show something on the screen and say, paste this, you know, enter this code in. Mm -hmm. For obvious reasons, that's not terribly secure. It's also not a good user flow, but there are APIs that need it and use it. So it's it's basically a user level token. I guess it is similar to basic auth, where it's a username and password that are you know hashed once yeah. and never change, um, and it'll just send that back over and over again. And that's a li- but it's a little bit better than the service level yeah. because it changes based on each user. Each user will have a different one. So this is one way that you can start knowing who your user is, who is, and this is interesting (laughs) because then it leads of course, to the next one and that's OAuth. Yep. So right out of the gate, they are essentially introducing account linking.
0: That is true. So, um, it says the request, the, um, the response type is code so that would be author uh, authorization code grant flow right oh yes two. <laughs> all right that that's account linking right there
1: yep that's account linking um which is you know that's interesting and you know when you when you set it up you need to give uh the verification token and the the you know the the client secret um to open a to open AI so I don't know that's uh, I'm kind of taken aback that they got that right right out of the gate sort of right yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: so um lots of different options for authorization um so so that also tells me there you've got some some options on connecting to your existing apis as long as it supports one of those mechanisms um and
1: uh, it tells me a lot of things yeah i mean well for it i mean one of the things that it tells me is that right out of the gate you have accounts and that means you can charge for accounts and charge for this service yeah so we have at least a monetization option Right from the get go.
0: And you're talking about a monetization from the perspective of the plugin developer. Correct.
1: I mean that in theory, I can require subscriptions to this. Yeah. So, you know, use your chat GPT plugin now available for all gold level members. Brand new incentive. Um, I think it's interesting.
0: That is interesting.
1: One of the things I find really kind of amusing is, you know, if you look at, say, Google's OAuth documentation, it's many pages with many examples and many references. <laughs> I know. this and is Amazon's just so awesome. many pages, many examples, many references. Theirs is to better understand the URL structure from OAuth. Here's a short description. And it's three bullets. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think people are going to be...
0: Scratching the, their heads on this, yeah.
1: not novice users are going to be scratching their heads about that. Or sorry, well, have novice hat. developers are going to be yeah. scratching their heads with that. Um, but I think that says something. That, and and there are several other indications, and you know, and that's that they're not really looking at having lots of plugins initially. Yeah, you know, there there are people who are saying. This is the app store moment for chat GPT. It is sort of, but
0: they're it's not early, thinking, early days. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, I mean, they're not thinking in terms of how this scales up. Yeah. They're really not, you know, between we'll talk about discovery later, which they say in the documentation and uh, the, the page being, you know, what, looks like it's going to be just a list of plugins.
0: Yeah, so a single page for the, you know, store, plugin store page. Uh yeah, right. that's
1: and some fairly bare bones documentation. It really looks like they are taking the attitude of uh if you're big enough, we'll talk to you and we'll have somebody who you can ask questions of. Yeah. And, you know, they're right now this is meant for partners. Yeah. It's not meant for every, you know, it's not meant for every developer out there. Um, and I understand why they're doing that. But if this is going to be the platform that it sounds like they want it to be, they need to open it up. And they need to do a lot of things to open it up. Um, however, the good news is they've got the monetization question already answered.
0: Yeah. And that's well, the and, big
1: thing that the developers have been asking.
0: Well and what what surprises me is it didn't seem like it was that long ago that chat GPT 35 was out and now four is out and now they're talking plugins. It's it it seems like they're running really fast with this. Oh, and, right. and and um and that's exciting because in some ways maybe they're you're they're you're they're being as open I guess as they <laughs> Uh, as they can, uh, uh, you know, as far as this is kind of where we're going, but uh, we'll, you know, we'll have to see, you know, how 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 they can follow it up and expand it and 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 make things solid for this plugin experience.
1: Right, and I kind of worry about this whole make things solid part. Yeah, um, because we've seen recently that there's. Um, you know, th- things are looking good. But definitely there's stuff going on behind the scenes that um, is not so good. You know, we see mm-hmm. that they've got, they've had security issues. Some of which they've talked about and some of which they haven't. Yeah. Um, to their credit, they've been resolving a lot of them very quickly once they've been exposed. But some of them might, you know, maybe some of them shouldn't have been there in the first place. You know, if they're moving that quickly... Are they paying enough attention?
0: Yeah. For for as, as powerful as this is already there, you know, there is some caution. You don't want you don't want the, the other extreme where you've got a problem and it's you know, you put you post it on some site someplace and the 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 big company might get around to it or they don't really listen to developers. It seems right. like they're very a lot more responsive.
1: This is this is true. They are being incredibly responsive. I, I give them full credit for that. So exciting, but uh, you know, I worry if they're moving a little bit too fast and not paying attention to some fundamentals like security. Um on the other hand, it's it was really fun to see, you know, someone like uh Mikhail post things like, you know, um days since major open ai announcement zero yeah <laughs> you know we're, we're kind of expecting you know a new announcement from them twice a week now i
0: yeah that that is not a sustainable pace i would think <laughs> um but it is exciting and interesting um so, so something that i've been thinking about this and and you know we we brought, uh, briefly mentioned this at the at the beginning but kind of the the Star Trek computer thing. So when I first got into Alexa, I'm like, hey, I get to talk to these devices and ask it questions. And wow, I remember that type of thing happening on like Star Trek Next Generation. So being able to talk to a computer and and get answers. And then you get into it and you're like, well, these conversation flows, you need to program each of these conversation flows and, and map out kind of the the, the, the happy path and, you know, what things that your skill or action is going to do and the things that your skill or action is not going to do. Um, the fact that, uh, on both platforms, uh, you needed to invoke your skill or action, you know, by name a- a initially. And, and there's, you know, various mechanisms to try to get away from that, but there's still, you know, this, you know, this, uh, trying to figure out like what, uh, how are you? How are you going to invoke these things now? So, in some ways, that, that, that that's like, well, you know, okay, this feels more
1: not this, this. feels a lot closer to that dream that we all had when we started
0: playing with voice. It, yes, it, it's true. So, so if you've got a wake word, so I, I, let, let's talk about like a couple scenarios in in the next generation. You could say, "Hey, computer, where is uh, Commander Data on the ship?" oh, the commander data is in blah, blah, blah location, right? Or run a diagnostic and, uh, you know, can you run a diagnostic on the system and tell me what's what's going on? Or that's another thing. Or like, how long would it take you, you know, computer, how long would it take us at, uh, you know, warp nine to get to a certain location? Right. Um, you can You can picture how you can have an API for all of those things, Yes, and now you exactly. can picture how to just do it. Yeah. So because you don't have to program the whole conversation, and there wasn't necessarily like it, the Star Trek computer. And it was never a big conversation back and forth, and like, well, how many you know, how many widgets did you want? And you know, back and forth, it wasn't really conversational. It was giving it instructions, clarifying instructions. It would go off and do things. It could come back with the answer. It could give a short answer by voice. It could show you uh, you know data on the screen. Um so a lot of the things already exist. You've got a you've got a, a a wake word and a a voice prompt that goes into a microphone that's handled by some ASR that goes to chat, GTP, chat sorry, chat GPT, which then has plugins where you could imagine that there would be a plugin for reading the, and, the sensor data for okay. the, the, the locator to know where, you know, commander data is on the ship or know where your current location is in space and how long, how you know fast the ship can go and how far it is to this other destination. Right. Those or the A- sensor information, right. Or the
1: API for engineering or the API yep. for medical and the API for,
0: right. Exactly. And, um, and then you know, we'll go back to kind of to the, the what the the plugin part I wanted, but like kind of to finish off that rest of that story is then that turns into uh, text to speech and display information that then is shown on on the device or is spoken. So those technologies exist. The kind of the brain in the middle is this Chat GT, GPT, right? And with these plugins you can think of these plugins having data. It could be your own personal data um, that you just care about, that's only for you. Mm-hmm. It could be shared with some sort of authorization level, right? Uh, the commander, you know, the captain can get lots of information, whereas if you're an engine, then you only get part of the information. Um, or it could be public. It could be um, sensors, uh, IoT-type stuff, it, it could be, you know, your personal history. Um, now I'm, I'm going off of Star Trek now, but, like, why can't I query how many items I've purchased on Amazon over the last five years and grouped by categories? Uh, well, and and here's
1: the other interesting bit is yeah. if you say, for example, how many items have I ordered from Amazon? It may make a call to Amazon, but the API for Amazon may just say, you know, may just be a list of orders. Yep. That's okay. Your API returns that list and ChatGPT says, well, this list has a hundred items and says to you, you've made a hundred orders. Yep. So, you know, there's not necessarily a strict one-to-one correspondence between an API and the results you get back. For that matter, you could say things like, "When was my last order?"
0: Right. Or, "How much more did I spend this year than last year?" Right. On computer supplies. Right. And if it
1: pull, you know, if it has an API to give a list of computer supplies that has results that include the date, can it figure out that answer? I don't know.
0: Yeah, we'll I don't find know. Find but, <laughs> but you would think that it would, but. Th- other things like, why can't I um, have a plugin for Chat ChatGPT for my utilities and say, you know, what was my energy consumption this month uh, compared to this time last, um, mm-hmm. last year? And what was the differences in rainfall and weather? Actually, that's an excellent point. You know, so if we say
1: things like, you know, was, was my heating above normal or was my energy usage above normal for how cold it was? So, okay, that's two calls.
0: Yeah, One is to get your energy usage. The other one was to get the temperature. And then it's synthesizing the rea- the answer. Right. It could be summarizing. It could be grouping. It could be tabling. It could be, right? Okay. And then similarly, you know, you can
1: easily imagine something. Say, You know, you can easily imagine one where you say, um, what's the weather today? Well, okay. You know, we all know that's, you know, making an API call, to get the weather information, which contains your zip code. But ChatGPT doesn't necessarily have your zip code. Maybe it needs to make that call to the API that does have your zip code because you've installed that plugin and authorized it to do so. So lots of interesting bits there
0: that we'll see how they actually play out because we don't yeah. know if it can do this. Yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't know. I I what I I guess what I'm excited about is is that that natural language processing part, the at least you know trying to make trying to understand what you said and find the relevant information in its knowledge base or knowledge bases that you've added to it and synthesizing that all together in a an answer without having each of those paths having to be programmed exactly is really exciting cuz then it seems like it's a lot closer you know than we were 5 years ago to this everybody having their own personal star trek computer and the thing that would be personalized is that everybody would be running their own chat gpt that would they could have their own plugins and they could surface or connect it to their own personal data that nobody else has connected to. And now if you imagine there's some way that that's kept in the cloud or can follow you around, and now you talk to some device that's someplace that's able to make a secure connection to your, you know, chat GPT instance, your own personal computer um, or assistant, let's call it an assistant now, then you it, you can ask questions wherever you're you are to this and and it's not tied to any specific you know gatekeeper of the information. It's your information. you're controlling what's in there and what's not in there and what authorization it has. Um, and then you just have a natural language uh, interface, either a text or a voice um, input into that.
1: and it's you know. We, we say, let's call in an assistant. Well, it's it's worth noting that ChatGPT calls it an assistant. You know, that's, that's in the documentation. So yeah. yes, very interesting stuff. I think as developers, it least, you know, there's a lot that we can do. Yeah. And I, you know, there's a lot of caveats and I think we as voice developers are in a fantastic position. To start applying some of this, because we already understand some of these pitfalls, we already have the questions, and I really, really hope OpenAI um, learn, you know, is learning the lessons and is talking to us about some of these. Because yes, this is you know what some of us have been doing now for five or seven, and some people far longer, yeah. are building these skills, actions, services. And we understand the needs, so I, I really hope OpenAI reaches out to us and talks to us about it.
0: All right. I, I I agree with you. Before we go, I've got a question for you. So, how can we get started today? If well, I, step one would be you can get on the wait list to do plugins. That's kind of a that's a specific thing, but a, a bigger what what can we be doing? Um, well, today I think. With this? Part of the brilliancy of how they're doing it is
1: they're just calling APIs. So we can today build those APIs. And if today, you know, if we have an idea today, we can build the APIs. We can build all of the infrastructure around that API and then build our own front end for it. So we can either use something like LangChain and fake in how to make these API calls, and we can do that. There's it's mm-hmm. it's designed to do that. We can explore another time how to do that, um, or we can build an Alexa skill, train it, you know, give it our own language model, give it our own responses, but behind the scenes, make the calls to the API. You know, and this will start giving us some experience about, well, what do we really need? What do, what API calls do we need? What is this kind of a conversation going to sound like? Um, so we can definitely get started with it today. And I
0: think we should. So, so, yeah, something else that I would suggest is if you're not using ChatGPT every day to just learn how to use it or explore where what it can do, I've used it for drilling down and learning different things about specific aws services i've used it to give me code samples on how to do something and then you know it does it's not 100% but i can take those examples you're being generous make, there <laughs> yeah yeah but i could i could, i did something today where it was a very a very simple function about you know 10 15 lines uh, it didn't give me what i wanted the first time i i clarified it it gave me something closer i gave a little bit more clarification and it was something that i could use yeah but um, but but definitely working with chat gpt so we understand what it can do and what
1: its limitations are today
0: yep understand I mean, how to how to do prompts and kind of just play around with different learning things. prompt engineering is essential at this point i agree yeah cuz i if you think about it and 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 People are saying, "Well, ChatGPT is going to take jobs." What I think what's actually going to happen is, any company that or organization that has data that they want to be able to surface to their customers, to their you know patients, to their employees, to the public, they're going to want to be able to do that with a natural language interface. And the way that they can I'm... look in, at doing that would be to to look at 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 ChatGPT and see if it the, makes sense for their scenario. The face that I just made was you said patient's in there.
1: And it's not that I disagree with that because I, yep. I definitely agree with that. But do you think OpenAI is prepared to handle HIPAA compliance? They, they aren't
0: today. That's that, And that's why we need to start talking right. about some of these use cases like, well, can we use this in healthcare? Can we use this in uh, military? Can we use this in, in government or public service or... You know, what what, where, what areas can we use this and what areas can we not? And what um, additional, um, you know, guidelines do we need to surface to make sure that people understand how their data is being used or what data is being used? Right.
1: And what else does OpenAI need to do next? Yep. You know, if they're calling this an experiment, we need to help guide where the results of this experiment go. Right. So, you know, this is amazing. I, I'd love to hear what other people think about this. You know, we're seeing lots of talk about you know this is the app store moment. Well, if you've read that, if you are a developer particularly, and you've read the documentation, what do you think? What are what are the missing pieces? Yeah. Um. What are your concerns, and what are you excited to build? You know, how how long is it going to be before we see the first, uh, fart joke plugin? You know, because we know that's coming.
0: Yep, unfortunately. Unfortunately.
1: (laughs) So love to hear what people think. And uh, we will talk about this, I am sure, another time, many more times on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Mark. This is a fun conversation, considering we did not know what we were going to do five minutes before we
0: started. Yes, it's just something that's been happening and and we were able to just jump in and kind of, uh, I see there's great possibilities there. So uh, let's uh, have many more conversations on this topic. Many more.